welcome to The Conjunction with Nelia Tinga. The junction where worship, culture, and creativity meet. What's good, everybody? You're tuned into The Conjunction Podcast, where worship, culture, and creativity meet. My name is Nelly Atinga, and if you're joining us for the first time, I want to welcome you. If this is not your first time, I also want to welcome you back. I'm actually recording this, and uh, you probably hear a lot of background noise. Hopefully that doesn't become too distracting. Um, I'm actually recording this uh, in Terminal 1 of my favorite airport in the world, Changi Airport. Normally what happens, for those of you who are not familiar with this podcast, what I like to do is record answers or comments regarding questions that you may have or comments that you may have regarding worship, culture, and creativity. And so if you have any questions regarding this, I'd love to uh, see how I can help answer them. So if you have any questions, uh, you can email me at conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll do my very best to answer those questions. So here's the question for today. Hello, Pastor Nelly. This is Anne from Victory Dubai. And my question would be, What's your take on using tracks or stems during our worship services? And if you are using them, how did you start introducing them to your teams? Uh, I would love to know your take on this. Thank you. What a great question from my friend Anne from Victory Dubai. I think it's a question that needs to be asked with regards to the use of tracks. Why do you want to use them? If they're going to enhance the worship encounter experience within your church, You've got to ask yourself what dimensions they add to the worship experience that makes you want to consider using them. Basically, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what tracks are, these are pre-recorded tracks so or stems, right? Like you have um, the different parts of a song pre-recorded. So a track would be like the bass part or the stem of the keyboard part or the drum part or the percussion part. And basically, the way that you would use multi-tracks is you take the tracks that you're, that need to enhance what you have in your mix. And uh, if it's missing, like say you don't have a lead guitarist on a Sunday, you would push the volume on the lead guitar that's pre-recorded. So out of your speakers would come the lead guitar part that's missing. So that's how you'd use tracks. But obviously, with that comes the hurdle of having a rhythm section that's able to play to click or play to the tempo not fluctuating by speeding up or slowing down and so that's really important so you obviously in order to use tracks you need to have a certain skill level and the best and most ideal way to use tracks is to have in-ear monitoring specifically for at the bare minimum for your instrumentalists but ideally for your vocalists if you're going to use tracking so that everybody sticks to the time because the timing is so key but what can often happen too is like if you are a church that gets into prophetic flow um, you need to upskill yourself as to know how to use tracks if um, you decide to extend the song and want to keep parts flowing um, the use of um, programs like Ableton Live and being able to learn how to add certain parts of the song so that you can extend parts of uh, the tracks are important. But really, you've got to ask yourself, okay, are we just merely overcomplicating things for the sake of it? Or are your musicians and your audio engineers, your mix engineers, are they skilled enough to bring the best out of tracks 
because if they are skilled then maybe do want to consider um enhancing that because what what tracks does is it adds body to the overall sound of your of, of what you're playing especially if you're missing certain instruments like in my church here in brisbane well back in brisbane we don't have a horn section and there are some songs that we like they might have a synth horn that we really like and there's a lot of you know modern day uh, worship songs that uh, have synth parts that I may not be able to find on my on my keyboard or maybe there's a, a, a synth bass but I don't have a synth bass player but I only have you know an acoustic bass player or a regular electric bass player so I take the synth bass off of the track and play it underneath while my band's playing but again you can imagine your band needs to be uh, at a certain skill level in order to maximize the use of tracks Otherwise, I wouldn't really consider it. I'm, I, I lean, I personally lean, and I'd love to hear your comments on it, wherever you're listening to this from, or you know, whether you do use tracks or don't use tracks. I personally do use tracks in certain settings, but I'm very aware of the skill level. And even the, the level or, or the, the culture of worship and the environment that I'm walking into, because sometimes tracks can be actually a distraction when people are used to a, a more acoustic type of sound, a more raw live sound from instruments that they can see. So these are all things you need to consider before you use tracks. Do not use tracks just because everybody else is using tracks. But I'd love to hear your comments with regards to if you do use tracks, how they enhanced your worship experience. If you don't use tracks uh, and you have the opportunity to use them, but you've chosen not to, I'd love to hear your thoughts as to why. Uh, but that, that would be the way I'd answer that question. Here's what we're enjoying right now, because sharing, sharing is caring. caring. Hello, neighbor. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers. In here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Hey, so uh, my wife, Tina, and I had the opportunity to watch A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is a new movie starring Tom Hanks, who stars as Fred Rogers. Many of you will be familiar with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, television series, which ran for over 30 years on uh, PBS, uh, that television network, the public broadcasting service. And so I remember I would watch that television program whenever I'd visit Samoa or go to the States. Uh, in my younger years, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, his TV show, ran for 33 years and they deal with um, such tough topics as uh, emotional, physical concerns, uh, death, sibling rivalry, divorce, school enrollment. And then the more I, I I studied um, and just looked at who Fred Rogers was, I would find out that he was actually a graduate of the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, and he became a Presbyterian minister in 1963 and uh, worked alongside a child psychologist by the name of Margaret McFarlane to develop the TV shows that he developed. And what I loved about that was how he took the ministry and took just 
literally what it means to love your neighbor and be a neighbor onto the television. One who listened, one who really cared about his audience that would watch him affectionately while dealing with these issues, pastoring people through the television. I know that can sound kind of weird, but you get what I mean. Just having that compassion for his viewership. And I just began to think about, you know, as a minister of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and how somebody who, like Mr. Rogers, uh, I'd love to see more of us uh, engage in the culture the way that Fred Rogers did, like do ministry uh, with excellence, but have a platform where you're able to just love and care for people and uh, help them deal with the tough questions that people have. I I often think that Christians are afraid to answer these sorts of questions, um, but to have a platform. And again, just talking about leading worship and the tools that we have. I mean, if worship is about creating these environments where people encounter Jesus, how about creating an environment through wrestling with these questions that they may have. So here's to you, uh, Reverend Fred Rogers, in, your mem- in memory of you. I highly recommend the movie A Do- Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Even more than that, I would recommend uh, the documentary Won't You Be My Neighbor, um, which came out a couple of years ago. Excellent documentary on Mr. Rogers, who became like the kids' church pastor of the United States. Yeah, hopefully that encourages you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Conjunction Podcast. I'm going to get ready to catch a flight back to Brisbane. Can't wait to be home. But hopefully you've been encouraged. Don't forget, if you have questions with regards to worship, culture, or creativity, you can send them into conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Rate, review us. It'll help people to find the podcast um, that would be served by it because I'll Our heart really is to serve those who listen to this podcast. But God bless you, and we'll see you down under. Grace and peace, y'all. Thanks for joining for this episode. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Our heart is to serve. So if the conjunction has been a blessing to you, you can help by sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on iTunes so that the people who might be served by the conjunction can find it. You can interact with Nelly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be inspired to create something great because he is.